Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual live stream for The Cure. Livestream for the Cure is a charity event where we raise money with content creators and podcast partners from around the world for the Cancer Research Institute, a wonderful nonprofit researching cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This is a mission and a future that I truly believe in. And myself and my team worked tirelessly over the past five years to raise over $50,000 for this cause. This year, we're aiming for our biggest single goal to date of $20,000, and we cannot do it without your help. Please join us for the event May 19th through the 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern for 45 hours of content from people all over the world. Together, we can bring hope for a future immune to cancer. The more eyes we reach, the more dollars we raise. Please help us in making this goal a reality. Together, we can make a difference. Art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Okay, here we go. Hey, everybody. I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob. And this is the simulation we call Something in Review. I did. I have no idea where to go with that. I wasn't prepared for the simulation line. Sorry. I have a glitch in my <laughs> matrix, apparently. <laughs> Very good. See, you came out with it. It worked. It only took me 10 seconds. That's fine. What's going on, sir? Not much. Uh, I was actually, when you suggested this one, I was very surprised. I realized I have not watched a comedy in maybe years. I mean, aside from uh, Office Space when we went and saw Gutting the Sacred Cow, but that's a movie I've seen. Like, I don't think I've seen a new comedy in literally years. So I wasn't sure what to, to do going in. This is the second comedy I've seen recently. Uh, the first one was the other option that we had for uh, something in review, which was Halloween Kills. <laughs> but I'm sure we will eventually get to that. Mess. Do it for the town. Do it for the <laughs> town. God, that movie was so bad. Oh, my God. I don't. We are not going to switch on the fly, though, are we? <laughs> oh, sorry. What we I was reviewing. <laughs> You had to stop me because I was quite literally about to just do a I Halloween mean, Kills rant. I would be totally fine with that post in the post in the whole picture for the movie that we said we were going to review and then uh, completely reviewing a different movie. That would I just be really hilarious. Like, I really like the idea of the Fall Guy poster with like the faded sort of glimmer of the Mike Myers mask. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, we don't have to talk about that movie and it's probably best we don't. We're going to I'm Not showing until the, the episode where out. we do. Yeah, exactly. Or when the third one comes out and we just can't hold back. Fall Guy, though, was... I knew nothing about it going in. It was one of those movies that was pushed off because of COVID. It was one of those things that, like... 
What, what did saw... you say, movie? Did I say Fall Guy? You did say Fall Guy. <laughs> I, I keep calling it Fall Guy. I, I didn't guy. even I didn't even catch it until like like my brain was on delay. Was, did he say Fall Guy? You know the movie, the final movie adaptation to the nineteen eighties action TV <laughs> show on ABC. Sure. Yeah. The Fall Guy, the yeah. movie. The free guy, sorry. I saw the poster everywhere, but the poster says nothing. So I had no idea what it was. I was like, ah, it's just another sort of goofy Ryan Reynolds movie. So meh. Yeah, I'll miss it. And then you suggested it. I was like, all the, right, it's just a good. His outfit, like his outfit in the so, you know, they call him blue shirt guy. His the look on the movie poster. If you don't read any details about it, you one might almost think that it's a story about a dude who like quits his retail job. Yeah. And, and suddenly has, you know, this the unbearable lightness of being of being free from the retail grind because he's got the whole shirt tie name badge thing going on. It, the poster is reminiscent of uh, the 40 year old virgin poster. Funny enough, they make that joke in the movie, but it's just dude on the front. It looks like idiocracy. It looks like 40 year old virgin. It looks like any comedy that came out in the early 2000s of just leading man in the center looking leading yeah um but that said i went in completely blind and i en- i enjoyed it it was I, I have things to say but i enjoyed it it was definitely fun it was it wasn't a comedy that makes you rethink the way you view the world, I don't think, even though the movie tried to paint itself. It either tried to paint itself as that kind of a movie or that the game in the movie was trying to paint itself with that kind of a message. But I don't think either one of them really hoped that people were going to walk out of that movie and completely think differently about how they view the world. Um, Which, to, to that point really quickly, is very interesting since this movie sort of is patterned after a, a couple other movies that do, in fact, make you walk out of the movie going, I feel different about the world. Like, the the whole I'm a, I'm a fictional construct meta thing is done in one of my favorite movies, The Truman Show, in Stranger Than Fiction. In, like, there's a couple of them, and those movies are very, like, what is the meaning of self and what is the identifying things that make me a real person and what are what is love? Um, this one, you know, more dick jokes, but... <laughs> <laughs> Less, really, not many dick jokes. Yeah, I was going to say, point. I don't remember there being too many dick jokes in there. Nah. It really doesn't have them, but there's no way to say, like, PG-13 pleasant jokes. I, did you enjoy it overall? I did. Uh, it, was, it was fun. I did not regret watching this in any way, shape, or form. Um, it, I I, I've played I, enough open world GTA, Saints Row 3rd, Red Dead Redemption type games where I definitely did get a chuckle out of the fact that 
like his bank was apparently a mission hub. So oh, right. just countless times a day, the same thing would happen. And, you know, they had their routine. Oh, we're being robbed again. This is what we do. Oh, we're being robbed again. This is what we do. Oh, it was it was kind of funny to see that from the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it makes you uh, think of all of the Sims you burned alive. And go, <laughs> huh. All the Sims who wanted to make toast in the pool. <laughs> um, yeah, there there is one line where he goes, uh, so during the bank heist, 2 o'clock, 4.30. And <laughs> yeah, that I thought was very, very good. What I, for those who have not seen the movie, you're spoiled. Um this is a movie about a guy who wakes up, lives the same day, day in and day out, uh, very revealed very quickly that he is an NPC in an MMO. Uh, and it's not just an MMO. It's like the most violent, Fortnite-y, Grand Theft-y MMO that ever mode. Um, and in that, uh, he is... He breaks out of his his loop, we'll say. And and a lot of it's, you know, the, the things this movie did exceptionally well is it was a lot of the background stuff. Like, I, I found the best review I can give to this is at no point in time did I look to see if I can watch it faster. Okay. As you and I have. As you and I have discussed when watching Netflix, sometimes with Hulu, depending on what service you're watching, they give you the ability to watch it at 125, 150. And a lot of times I do. And it isn't because I'm not enjoying the movie. It's just because I got shit to do and I can watch two movies in that time. Um, this one, I was enjoying watching the background effects and the stupid little glitches um, so much that I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this scene over because I, I thought I saw something in the background. Hey, that car literally changed color mid-road. Hey, isn't that the tank from Halo? Like, there was a lot of that. Yeah. So I, I think a very a high praise I can give in my ADD adult brain is I watched it at the pace it was intended. <laughs> yeah, I watched it at normal speed. Yes. Um, I did like – so for me overall, it felt – the 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 story of the movie and the feel of the movie and the theme felt very Lego movie to me too yes also uh, true very good very oh hey we're 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 in our loops we're in our ruts we're doing our thing and lead guy goes but i want something different and does and because of that everything goes off the rails and eventually everybody does their own thing uh, it did feel very Lego movie to me, which isn't a bad thing. I enjoyed the Lego movie. No, Lego movie um, was fun as hell. But it was It was fun. And it's it's I think they picked the right lead character to be in a movie about a meta universe, but to take that meta universe as gospel if that makes sense like it does he was he was the joe schmo in the joe schmo show and just believed everything that was going on because that's all he's ever known so to know that all most of the other characters were just like hey this is a game hey i'm gonna do this i'm gonna put this skin on hey what do you mean skin i can't i can't take my skin off why do you keep saying that like they pick the right guy for that part 
to to go all in and be completely invested in that. Yeah, he's right. I mean, somewhere between and I probably, you know, I don't even know what the movie that did it for him, but definitely, you know, since Deadpool, he has become the go-to leading man who you don't want the world to take seriously, but can be both earnest and funny and a dreamboat all at the same time. Um, he's he's like the perfect everyman while being un- intolerably handsome and unendingly witty. It's obnoxious and you should hate him. <laughs> um, like he's he's just a charming ass Ken doll. But I found it funny that the movie starts off with, you know, a Ryan Reynolds uh, voiceover. And he, it's not his everyday average voice. It's definitely his I'm being funny voice. Because my wife will occasionally show me his uh, TikToks, which are very funny. Yes. Um, But it's also like his Deadpool voice. It's this very sort of smarmy, but not entirely could be a real voice. But you know it's not. It's the customer There's, service voice where you don't know yes. if he's being helpful or sarcastic. Yes. That's exactly what it is. In customer it's the service phone mode. customer service voice. But that's the way he acts. Exactly. So, like, I'm looking at his filmography and, like, the first movie that I can remember him being in, like, the name Ryan Reynolds in, was Van Wilder. Yeah, that's and, probably like, the one everybody sort of caught on to. I don't think that was the one that put him in the spot that you're talking about. No. No, no, no. But then the next movie that I remember watching him in from there was Blade Trinity, and it sure wasn't that one either. You know? <laughs> no, it was the, and was then we go the then we go to Amityville Horror and Waiting, and then we go to I mean, and I'm just talking about stuff that I've seen. Uh Origins Wolverine. Green Lantern. I mean, it's, a, it's it's been a slow burn for him because I think that Origins Wolverine, then the Green Lantern. I I think those were the things that raised up his social profile high enough because he wanted to be Deadpool and the world wanted him to be Deadpool and they gave him that. And then Green Lantern was a big old stinkeroo, and he was very vocal about both of those facts. So and I think that his... may be, it may not have been a movie per se, but it may have been his responses and reactions to those terrible movies that kind of got him. I don't want to say the sympathy card, but got him that. Hey, he's he's talking straight with us. You know, he he is the everyman because we feel the same way he did about these movies. Well, I mean, I was not expecting to see this. Twenty fifteen. 2015 now we're talking seven years ago god fucking help us he started doing deadpool stuff i mean yeah if you were to tell me about in 16 if you were to tell me that his his star started to rise in in 1415 i believe you that sounds like about right and maybe it just was that much crazy nerddom about deadpool I mean, he was in R.I.P.D. in 2013, and by then he was a known name, and I think he yeah, had definitely. that. I think he had that kind of everyman feel to him because he sort of, kind of played almost an everyman character in R.I.P.D. who just got dragged into some really weird fucking shit. Um, but like he had those, 
smarmy, sarcastic delivery chops, like, all the way back into Van Wilder and Trinity. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I think probably my favorite line from Trinity is when he crashes into the fucking room full of thugs, and he's like, any minute now, the rest of my team is going to come crashing through that window, and they're going to... Anybody have a cell phone I can borrow? <laughs> like, that I was like, okay, that probably saved the whole Hannibal King thing from being a complete dumpster fire. Um, I am going to take a brief uh, aside here that I would like to address that I was unaware of. And um, at the top of his IMDb is Clue announced. And you click on it because I had the same fear that I'm sure quite a few of our listeners are having in the pit of their stomach. And it says, based on the Hasbro board game of the same name, and there's only two names attached to it, Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman, written by the same guy who did Zombieland, Deadpool, um, Six Underground. It's Rhett Reese. It's kind of Ryan Reynolds' go-to guy. Those two names make me actually not hate it. Where where do you see this? Top of Ryan Reynolds' IMDb. Oh, IMDb. Okay. I'm on Wikipedia and it wasn't showing anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just announced. He's also announced for Dragon's Lair, which makes me happy because he looks like Dirk. Oh, my God. He would be hilarious as fucking Dirk. Oh, Clue announced. Look at that. Anyway, while you look at that, I mean, Jason Bateman, who has become a he's become his own quantity in the last bunch of years, which is great because he's fantastic. Um, And Ron Reynolds in a, in a modern Clue. So far, don't hate it. Need to see who the the rest of the cast is, but they feel modernly acceptable for the actors that were in the old Clue, the Martin Mulls and the like. Yeah, yeah. But now that being said, does Clue need a remake? No, but I would hope it's a different movie. I would hope it's its own thing. Because it's Clue. There can be many endings, as we know. So, uh, Fall Guy. Free I Guy. I said it on purpose that way. Sure you that was, did. This time it was on purpose. The bad guy, the one thing I, we should address, the tech, if, if you want to find a hole in this movie, it ain't hard. Like, there is some dumb logic in how any of this movie works. And it's not just sort of the video game logic, because the video game logic is whatever. You make it up. But they go very Geordie LaForge at times. Look, if we just download the megabit and we upload the parallax con- conducer, we can upchuck the boogie to B. And you go, ah, indeed. Upchuck the boogie to what? Huh? Like, the whole uh, bigger story premise is, is about two people who uh, had their... Game bought by this company, whom now one of them works for, strangely, um, which is owned by Taika Waititi. Brilliant casting in anything he does. But they're trying to find a bit of the code to prove that he stole it, which makes none sense. But I think the idea is, is that if he bought them and then used the code, they're supposed to get paid more. But since he just bought them but didn't use the code, they get paid less, I guess. Cause that, but still, it, like, 
it makes none fucking sense when you try and like piece it together. Did did you were you able to piece together any of that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a problem understanding it. No, understand it, yes, but like the more you sort of think about it, the less it it really like makes actual logical real world any sort of sense. Um, it's good for storytelling. And there's one moment that I I went, "Okay, come on." Um, it's the very end of movie scene. Taika is in the basement. He's hammering down servers. The world's disappearing around Guy. And then Millie, our uh, heroine, just kind of steps up and goes, so let's talk. Minutes ago, scenes ago, she was in a coffee house or, or at a counter or a desk or something. And now, like, she has found her way into the basement of the building for the convenience showdown. Um, It was amusing. Again... I mean, again, like, I didn't, I didn't really have a huge problem with that, because Keys had warned her by texting her servers before Taika Waititi even got down there. Like when he said, "We're just going to turn the servers off," and turned and left, he texted her servers. We don't know, right, we don't know how big the building is. We don't know how long it took him to get down there. We don't know how far from the building she lives. You know, it could have been right. down the block for all we know. Um, so I didn't find it weird that, hey, wasn't she just at her computer desk a mere 20 minutes of movie time ago? Um, I didn't have a problem with that. And I say them so they're said not because, like, at the end of the day, it's not a movie that was about being technically accurate. Hackers yeah. is a silly movie, and there's not an ounce of that movie that has anything to do with actual technology. Sure. What I would like is for Steam to talk with uh, Taika Waititi and uh, whatever server farm he used, because Steam can literally sneeze and their service goes down for a half hour, whereas this dude starts taking an axe to server farms and like the first server he hit with an axe, the entire game didn't shit the bed. Like that's good infrastructure. <laughs> That yeah, game right. fucking buildings just slowly started to derez as he's fire axing his way through server after server, and it just wasn't like service unavailable. Just immediately, no. Steam needs to give that guy a fucking call. <laughs> um, it is always good to see Steve. FYI, I always enjoy seeing uh, whose name I never remember because he's just fucking Steve. Joe Kesey or Kiri. Joe Kiri, yeah. Um, I did see him in a movie, if you happen to get a chance to see it, just to throw this out there. If anybody out there is looking for a movie where he is playing against type, uh, it is called Spree. Okay. It's, he is trying to be a vlogger, but he's like greasy and smudgy and nerdy and like he's got a herpy on his lip and he's just like, he's just gnarly. Um, but he's like, Hey, you want to be on my blog? I got like 200 followers and you know, cool guy in cool car shows phone that he is. Cause everybody in this movie is a streamer and guy's got like 200,000 followers. Um, so he goes on like a, like a killing spree just for, for it's a horror ish movie, a uh, horror adjacent, but it's freaking hysterical. He's wonderful in it. Playing against type of, uh, sexy 80 Steve. Okay. Yeah, that was 
it was the only, uh, I guess, I, I won't use the term gripe, but like I can, there are certain times I can watch movies and I can see a famous actor playing a part. And I can look at that actor and go, but it's the character. And there are other times where I will look at that actor and I am unable to separate them from something they've done previously. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like we were just talking about like the, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. And I can watch those and look at Robert Downey Jr. and not think Iron Man. I can think, oh, he's Sherlock Holmes. But I watch Free Guy and I go, that's Steve Harrington. Like, I can't separate right. those two. Now, I, if you are if you don't have a computer screen in front of you, don't look at one. What was his name in the movie? Uh, I mean, that's not fair because I was literally oh, okay. a minute ago looking at it. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I could tell you what his real name is just because I saw it. But I don't ever think they mention his actual name in the movie. They just call him by his nickname, which was Keys. Keys, yeah. Because I think his last I'm, name is McKee. Which, similarly, until I looked over on my IMDb, I was like, it's Steve. Oh, his name was Keys in the movie, not Steve, right? Right. He's Steve. Yeah, it was the... Uh, uh, does it even Steve. say on IMDb? No, it just says Keys. Oh, listen, it's Keys, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like Mike McKee or something like that. Um, I did like... I mean, there were a lot of... I'll say gamer Easter eggs in there. Yeah. Tons. Um, like the way they start describing their characters as they load into the game. Uh, I thought was hilarious. Um, how do you mean? <laughs> Dirty cop porn mustache. <laughs> it's just oh, like, yes. okay. Cause I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone through like a character creation screen and you get that big fucking like, you know, bristle broom mustache like that. And you're just like, oh, porn stash. So, yep. It, go, and then you have the, the other guy who's going to wear the bunny suit. Okay. We play Dead by Daylight. We see enough, you know, Dwight's in the Christmas package outfit mm-hmm. in every other match to know, okay, cool. Wacky costume. Check. Got it. Yeah. Oh, um, it's, it's Moose Huntress. Haven't seen her in a while. Exactly. And I was talking to a I was talking to a mutual friend of ours the other day about this movie. And I said, you know, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that I believe that every egotistical game developer behaves exactly the way Antoine does. But if you were to tell me that every egotistical game developer behaves exactly as Antoine does, I also don't believe I'd be surprised. Yeah. There's, so I've noticed in, um, cause there's a bit of entertainment that's come out now about video games and video game culture <clears throat> from the production side. I mean, like Bandersnatch did it. Um, there is an Apple show, Mythic Quest, that is star, it stars Rob McElroy from, um, It's Always Sunny. And he plays real close. Like, they could be cousins to the Taika Waititi character in this movie. Okay. Um, just sort of narcissistic and pompous. And, yeah, I know about this stuff. I built the company. Of course I know about this stuff. I don't care about this stuff because now I'm super cool. But just sort of that scumbag, I don't know, it's about the money. Come on, let's move on. Um, and I think you're correct. 
I, I think there is definitely an aspect, especially when we're talking about the big companies, your rock stars, your EAs, um, that that is exactly the sort of mindset going in of like, ah, there's, yeah, we'll have negative results, but we have six other games. Who cares? Just do it. Make money. Right. Stop, stop the problem. Right. Um, and then you get things like the Star Wars Battleground issues of the years gone by. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of issues, and yeah, it's a feature, not a bug. Uh, I thought Dude was hilarious. So much fun. The Maybe the only CGI in the movie that I noticed, I was like, oh, I see how they did that. Because he's very separate layered, but so much fun. for those, like, it, it is a, uh, what do you call it, jacked Ryan Reynolds? Yes, he he had to have so much fun doing that. Well, he so it was actually uh, facial recognition over somebody else. Really? Yeah. So that's actually so Aaron W. Reed is the dude who played dude. Um, and then they face wrecked uh, CGI'd Ryan Reynolds's face onto him. He's been deep faked. That's amazing. He's, a, he's a former WWE pro wrestler. Wait, what was the name? Lift Sawyer was his name in WWE. Lift Sawyer. <laughs> Pardon me. But uh, his name is Aaron W. Reed. It's fine. Super League pro bodybuilder, author of the Supernatural Lifestyle, former WWE pro wrestler, cancer survivor. He is known as the world's tallest bodybuilder. Yeah, he. Oh, he never made it. Okay, he never made it out of developmental. That's oh, I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's hard now that they have their like full developmental system. You know, technically they're a WWE superstar, but right, you know, he's a big boy. But yeah, his um his lines of the unprogrammed lines of his catchphrase, catchphrase. When he said catchphrase, and then it cut to the office, and and Antoine was like. Well, we put catchphrases in a placeholder because we don't have a catchphrase for it. But to be honest, having the word catchphrase as your catchphrase is kind of cool. <laughs> the other one that he had that made me laugh out loud was, I like to do three things. Kick ass, something else here, the third thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. And when he just like, adjective. <laughs> and so... I didn't look it up afterwards. Was this movie made by by a uh, by a Diz studio? Oh, there you go. It was made by 20th Century. So it is technically a Diz studio because there is a late third act where all of a sudden, you know, it flaunts its Disney-ness. Right. Um, with a random five seconds of Chris Evans. That was hilarious. I... In the IMDb, there's a trivia bit about that where Ryan Reynolds uh, asked him randomly, like, hey, we're doing this movie. You want to do the real quick thing? Because there's a Captain America bit. And he goes, okay, I'll do it. But, like, can we just – I'll run in. I'll do my thing. I'll leave, like, ten minutes. Um, and Ryan Reynolds was, oh, yeah, no problem. Fucking yes, of course, Mr. Evans, sir. Uh, and he was apparently in and out in seven minutes because he, what, sits in a coffee house and goes, hey – like, what the, what the shit? What <laughs> the shit is this? Yeah. And it was, that's, I mean, that's even funnier 
if you've seen the the Marvel movies, when it's the whole you know language, mm-hmm. when it comes to Captain America, um, I you know I didn't even question whether it was a Disney studio or not when that came up. Um, but I I remember going, huh, and then not thinking about it again. Like it wasn't yeah. you know made to look like Captain America's shield or. In the style of no, it was Captain America's Shield, and then he like Hulk fists up. But and um, the music thread, which was the thing that made me like, if it was just the Shield, I almost kind of think they would have gotten away without with if it wasn't a Disney film. It was the bum 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 yeah. Avengers yep. thrum. Um, which quick aside, which maybe becomes another episode at another time. Has that soundtrack reached iconic level? Has that Avengers music thread hit the buzz and your, um, you know, Star Wars? I, I, <laughs> my brain wouldn't do it. I think it's probably very close. Um, I will say that I was in a unnamed uh, electronic store the other day. <clears throat> And somebody was demoing some trailers on one of the the big Uber TVs in the back of the store. And they were demoing the Obi-Wan trailer. And I don't, have you seen the Obi-Wan trailer yet? Um, yes, maybe, probably. Okay. It kind of starts with Obi-Wan looking through his, you know, little binoculars and he sees a young Luke playing and he, you know, the whole voiceover of, you know, stay hidden, don't get caught. And then it fades to black and then Duel of the Fates kicks in with that, that very Carmina Burana, O Fortuna kind of chorus just Mm -hmm. out of nowhere. And literally 30 seconds later, people came walking over from like clear across the other side of the store. <laughs> ah, they were buying great. a refrigerator and the husband and wife comes walking over and they're like, did we hear star Wars over here? So <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, I think that whole Avengers thing is probably very close. I think it's very close because I've watched all those movies. So I, I could easily recognize that. It may not quite be as much in the cultural zeitgeist as Duel of the Fates or the original Star Wars theme, um, Which, but it is definitely very close. I mean, and now we're really trailing off into like a new episode, but I'm curious because like Duel of the Fates is from one of the most sought after movies of its time and avengers is arguably no not arguably quite literally the most amounted movie of all time so like i i think it's definitely the argument can be made so but that's aside from the point i was because the minute the captain america shield shows up and the thrum happens first i was like is that the oh i see what they did there that's really great yeah and then my brain was in a complete like avengers music mode yep um, I did also uh, I I watch enough Twitch that when we started seeing streamers show up in mm-hmm. Free Guy, I was like, "Hey, is that were they real streamers?" I oh, assume they were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had Ninja in there. Uh, you had uh, Septic Eye, who is a. Uh, Pretty high level YouTube star. Uh, he also 
is uh, part of the Cloak clothing brand. Um, Pokemane, it was in there. Um, Dan TDM was in there. Uh, I know these names. I've never. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be able to pick them out of a lineup, though. And uh, they said one of the more interesting ones was IGN editor in chief Terry Schwartz. Uh, she was one of the people interviewing the developers behind Free City. Gotcha. Well, that's good that they they used the right media folk. Oh, if you're gonna make a, if you're gonna make a movie about a video game like that, especially I think in this kind of culture, um, it definitely made sense to have streamers in there because either the people who don't know who they are are going to watch them and go, Oh, those are those streamers people that I don't watch. And the people who do watch streamers are going to go, Holy fuck. That's Ninja. Right. So it was, it was very well planned either way. Um, the only the the only question I guess I would pose to you because it was a question uh, that was posed to me is do you think there would be so much fan clamoring for the actual ah. game? That came to the end. So everybody was hyped over Free City. Great find, great find. It was you know loosely based off of uh, Liberty City, whatever. Mm-hmm. But Free Life, the whole just open world, do what you want. It's just a kind of hang and chill and and like you know God mode kind of thing. Do you really think that any classification of gamers would go completely batshit as they did as they apparently did in the movie for that for that game now there's there's i have to clarify that one are you talking about um people being so excited about the the silliness that is the game they're playing or are you talking about would there be like people glued to the screen as they're all watching uh possible AI NPC guy running towards the finish of the game. No, no, no. I mean, if Steam were to announce, hey, for 19.99, there is an open world game. Got it. Okay. That has, you know, I mean, from what we saw, it was like no guns, no looting, no, no GTA type shenanigans. Uh, just being like open sort. world create almost like. I guess my response when I was asked was that Second Life was a thing for a good long time. Mm-hmm. So I do think there would be those people. However, Second Life came around when the gaming industry uh, was a lot thinner than it is now. So if they were to release a next-gen graphics you know, for the Xbox Series X and NVIDIA 3090 second life would there be like a huge following for it or would it be like a flavor of the week for a week and then right. everything would fall off so it's it there's a there's a bunch of stupid factors that get very nerdy but to your one point which will blow your mind a smidge there are still 65 million active users on Second Life. 
still. I didn't even know Second Life servers were still around. So it's just a a minor – it doesn't take – these things exist. These bubbles exist outside of of our spheres of awareness. Um, So my answer to that would be it would be – it would be solely dependent on what the loop is, whatever that game actually is. If it's just watching NPCs, no, probably not. Um, but since their big thing is we're creating these AIs that interact and grow and become humans and the world is going to be similar because there's fucking unicorns running around and dinosaurs taking over the city. Um, and those graphics were pretty sweet. I think if there is something there about playing with the evolution, yes. Because I remember distinctly when Spore was all everybody was talking about. And that was because the sto- that um, you were going to be able to go and take a creature from like two cell stage and you were going to evolve it into an aquatic mammal. And based on your decisions, it would turn into a land mammal until, until it turns into a civilization. And then you'll be able to go out into space and see all of the other people. And then the same thing happened with No Man's Sky when the game developers, which was like three people, was like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. This universe, this galaxy, this everything is going to be so big you literally will not be able to bump into ships if you – you're so far spread apart. And all that was debunked. Both of these things were debunked very quickly because the technologies just weren't there at the time. Um, but there was a big hubbub at the top level of gaming about them. So I have to believe that if there was something with this much interaction with the future – Doing something that's never been done. There may be a fairly large bubble. Will it fade out in a week? Well, it took two years for No Man's Sky to start looking like it was supposed to. Spore never became what it was supposed to. But it still has a a fairly... It still has a a dedicated fan base. I have to ask you, where did you get your numbers on Second Life? Uh, Quick Google. Okay. First thing I saw on a Google... um, as of 2021, Second Life has reported around 64.7 million active users on its platform. And that's from, I guess, XNXR today. Because I, 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 the reason I ask is because I Googled Second Life. Right. And the first, in the first group of five, <laughs> number two was, is Second Life still a thing in 2020? And right under that was, is Second Life still a thing in 2021? <laughs> I see. That. I didn't even look that far. But and the right. reporting that they have is that 900,000 active users play in 2021, and there was a million active users in 2020. All right. Well, now so I have to click on the So that 64 million active users seems a bit high, which is what right. made me want to Google this in the first place. I might have stand corrected. 67 million might be quite a bit. Although uh, my wife in the background was like, "We know somebody who plays this still." Um, yeah, but you don't know 67 yeah. million people. That's uh, 61, 62. I'm fudging the numbers as to how many I know. <laughs> Since its inception, Second Life has received approximately $11 million in funding, created an in-game economy worth $500 million. As of 2021, Second Life has reported around 64.7 million active users on its platform. 
Uh, well, it's, so that means, but that's that's probably since its inception. Maybe, but it says on. It's a present tense verb. I don't know. It's a weird. I will say that based on the the big difference in numbers between yours and mine, yours is probably closer. But still, because sixty seven million seemed very big, but I also like there's a multi million dollar gaming market based on Starcraft. You know, in Korea. Right. So there's always sort of a bubble of the world that I'm like, nah, it doesn't shock me. <laughs> See, so even on Wikipedia, they're showing that it saw rapid growth for some years in 2013 when it had approximately 1 million regular users. It eventually stabilized, and by the end of 2017, the active user count had declined to between 800 and 900,000. So I have to say that 64, I mean, this came on, when was it? 2003. So I think that that number is, since its inception, there have been 64 million active users on its platform, as opposed and, to, I'm going to make an account and never use it. Um, so if anybody is out there and wants to double check and look into this, if you have any interest in, in the otherworldly stuff, um, this article is from XR today.com they're very specifically about virtual spaces uh and it seems that they're very particularly talking about the big bump in traffic um throughout the pandemic so maybe 60 from something you know millions of people went and looked like hey i'll create a free email account and then moved on uh, maybe 65 million isn't people who you know are paying monthly dues so yeah, the, whatever the case. No, but I but I mean uh, this is this is intriguing. Yeah, uh, so uh, I just I googled the that website with xrtoday.com Second Life and the first article is from January 12th. Yep. Second Life storefront user traffic jumps 35% in 2021. Yep, that's the so, one yeah, that I got. So yeah, so the pandemic sure so, okay, so here we go. Founded in 2011, Seraphim provides Second Life subscribers with a digital storefront to host and distribute user-created content. The firm has seen approximately 84 million page views since its debut over a decade ago. Right. As of but 2021, you- Second Life has reported around 64... 64- okay, so hang on a second, because that... I mean, is- it might you might be right. That might be historically. That might just be, like, a really badly written sentence. And taken out of context, like, really makes it sound much bigger than it is. You're listening to Virtual Spaces. Our review of Free Guy will be with you momentarily. <laughs> so they say the only only honest numbers they have are current residents online, which uh, at the time of this... is four. <laughs> no, this specific post that was made in May 24th of 2021 is 47,000. Okay. Um... They said the historic, the historical number of total residents is sixty four million six hundred eighty seven thousand. There we go. That sounds six. Then that's the historical. So number. yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so I would. All my point was to 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 what you said is, will the world sort of stop and look? I think there is a big chunk of the world that would stop and look. I think if the loop is there, it'll stay big, <clears throat> um, because 
if you consider Minecraft is still the number one best-selling video game, there's new content coming out for it all the time, and the fundamental core mechanic of the game has not changed, just added to. Right. You know, there's the possibility that it could be a thing. I enjoy Minecraft YouTube and the Minecraft bubble. Um, so, I I try it out. I like weird, crafty AI games. Whether I would survive without, you know, being able to shoot a gun or sleep with my maid while my wi- uh, while I remove the ladder from the pool while my wife drowns outside the back window, I don't know. I need that. It's the only, it's the only thing that makes me happy. What do you <laughs> listeners out there in podcast listener land think? Did you like Free Guy? Would you be all in on an upgraded version of Second Life? James? You can go to somethingcast.com or you can find all of our wonderful links, widgets, doodads, and etc. Um, but specifically, you should reply to this very post about this very episode at STSTCast on Twitter, where it will be posted and we will discuss these things with you ad nauseum. Please respond and then leave a, a review, just a little five-star mwah on whatever your podcatcher of choice is. It really helps us out and it gets us up the rankings. Absolutely. And also, while you're listening to this podcast and doing all those other things on all of the other multitudes of tabs you have listed on your browser, don't act like you don't. Make one of those tabs and go over to livestreamforthecure.com. May 19th through 21st of 2022, Livestream for the Cure 6 will be live, large, and in charge from 9 a.m. to midnight on each of three days, raising money for the Cancer Research Institute. Our target this year is $20,000. We came super close to hitting $20,000 last year when our goal was only $15,000. We are definitely going to crush it this year. We will be on on Saturday the 21st from 9 to 10, but not only us, you should go and check out everybody involved because not only are the people behind this event amazing human beings, but all the other content creators and podcasters and streamers and all the other people who are going to be involved that you can watch on each of those three days are amazing human beings and they all deserve your eyeballs. Go to livestreamforthecure.com. Check it all out. And honestly, what are you going to do that weekend that you weren't going to do anyway? You haven't gone out in two years. Yeah, that's not going to be the weekend you decide to change things and suddenly go Jesus. out. You can do it the weekend before. You can do it the weekend after. This weekend, you're ours. With that said, we thank you all for joining us. I'm James Atten. I'm Podcast Rob. We'll see you next time. Later! Something, 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 something. Okay, here we go.